Welcome to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. You deserve complete financial advice. There's no acceptable alternative if you want to plan to live well and on your terms. Complete financial advice equals complete peace of mind. Now, let's get into this week's podcast episode. Hello and welcome to Retire Right with Larry Heller from Heller Wealth Management. Today, Larry has a fantastic guest on, and that is Christine Eppolito, and she is the founder and president of Compass Workforce Solutions. She has a passion for helping small businesses succeed in a challenging regulatory environment and has built a strong reputation as an expert and leading voice in the area of human resources. She has served clients in a leadership capacity for 25 years in multiple industries and environments within Fortune 250, Ventura Capital, and equity-backed companies, as well as privately held and family-owned businesses. Christine earned her Master of Management in Human Resources Management and Organizational Development from North Park University, Chicago, Illinois, and her bachelor's degree in Business Administration from the University of Wisconsin in Menominee. Larry, how are you today? I'm doing terrific, Eric. How are you? I am doing fantastic. I'm really excited about your guest, and I know that Christine is here with us. Hello, Christine. How are you? Hi, I'm fantastic. Thank you. Oh, yeah. I'm I'm excited to hear your story and kind of hear what you do, uh, because it really resonates with me. Larry, how did you meet Christine? Well, I met Christine through a networking group called ARG, and we'd be here all day if we had to go through everything (laughs) that Christine does. So we're just going to pick one topic, but uh, I've referred Christine out to uh, a few of my clients, and everyone is super happy with her. And I'll let Christine kind of go through what she does a little bit. But we thought we would talk today really more about culture of accountability. So Christine, let, let's get right into it. So why should companies make a conscious decision to create a work culture of accountability? Well, you know, we're, we're all struggling, I think, in the, in the middle of the pandemic to do more with less. We have employees that are, you know, working under higher levels of anxiety and stress. And obviously, many of them have financial concerns. So really making this conscious decision now is empowering. Because when you have a culture of accountability, you also have high performance. But within that culture of accountability, you also have a sense of clarity, of purpose, and direction. So this really reduces the stress and anxiety that employees can feel. And it also minimizes time, effort, and energy wasted on the wrong things because everyone's focused and aligned. And I think that's very important right now. In great points. What I see with a lot of companies, mine included though, is, is taking the time necessary to take a step back and really define what the culture of accountability is. Do you see, do you have like a, a size that you say clients should really start doing this or it really doesn't make a difference? Well, I think when you start a business, even if you're on your own, you need to be accountable to yourself and your clients and your partners. And particularly when people hire their first employee, making sure that you are accountable to them and they are accountable to you so that the things that you need to get done get done. I think that's it's critical. You know, in any relationship that we have in life, whether it's a significant other, our parents, our children, being accountable is what builds and fosters and strengthens those relationships. Hmm. 
So how do you create a work culture of accountability? Well, I, I think the first thing we need to do is sometimes the perception of accountability is negative or punitive. You know, you, you always hear when someone's upset or things have gone wrong, hey, who's accountable for this? It's about finger pointing and blame. So we, we want to change that. We want to shift it so that accountability starts up front with setting clear expectations at the inception of a project or at the inception of direction. So a lot of companies, the owner or the manager, it's kind of like every, everybody reports to that person, him or her, and there's really not being able to get, I'm going to say your younger people, but your, your newest employees kind of buying in. So how do you kind of do that from a top down without micromanaging everybody? What are the steps that you put in place there? Sure. And culture, it comes from the top, but anyone can model and lead that change. So it's important that we act and we, we, our thoughts, our words, our behaviors, first of all, we're leading by example, right? We're acting and we're behaving in a way that others can model and follow. So any change in an organization first starts with ourselves, right? Be the change that you want to see in the world, which is a common phrase right now or a common concept. We need to start first modeling that behavior. So you don't need to necessarily micromanage, but you need to set clear expectations. And what I mean by clear expectations is painting such a vivid picture of what is the end result, what is the outcome, not necessarily how should it be done, but allowing the other person to see what is the deliverable almost like you're telling a story. I think stories are very powerful. They trigger emotions and feelings. And when you paint a picture of a story of what you want the outcome to look like, it sets a much clearer example. So, so you, you're talking about something like a value proposition or you're being more specific? No, I'm being specific in when we're giving direction or we're delegating, that there's a sense of clarity so if, if I told you, Larry, that I wanted you to do a client presentation and I expected you to be able to close business with that client presentation, maybe you've never done that before. So as, as an owner of a business, I would need to paint a picture for you of what type of content goes into that presentation. What are the key points that need to be covered? How are we going to deliver that presentation? Are we doing it? In a Zoom meeting, should we have PowerPoint slides? How long should the presentation be? Who was anticipated to be in attendance? So that there is definitely a sense of all of the aspects. So one of the guidelines that you may have be familiar with or other people are familiar with is SMART goals. So with a, a culture of accountability, we talk about SMARTER goals. And so before you delegate, you think to yourself, am I being specific? Are the things that I'm asking for measurable? So is it clear to me and clear to the other person? When have we achieved it? Is it something that's actually attainable and within their power? 
we're going to describe something that's results oriented. What is the end result? What are we hoping to gain or achieve or what has to be delivered? How do we track this? How do we know we're on target? And, you know, obviously, is it ethical? But the final point is this needs to be recorded. It needs to be documented. A lot of people fail on documentation or being clear or following up a conversation with an email. And so as I'm going along the way on my deliverable, if I don't have something that I can refer back to and I become confused, a lot of times we see people do nothing. They're afraid to ask questions. So you create an environment where those things are also expected and normal. And that if someone gets to a point where they they don't feel they can proceed, that they're encouraged to come back and ask questions. So that's sort of the beginning point of just taking those small steps in your day-to-day behavior to make that shift. Mm. So I actually just purchased a book that I'm excited to read and I'm just learning more about this, which kind of goes to this. I don't know if you've heard of what's called an OKR. Uh, it was written, it's basically John Doerr, who was the um, chief executive of Intel in the 1970s. And he basically is talking what you're saying is that the O is for the objectives and the K and the R is you know, key results and measurable and how you can get the whole company aboard and whether it's accountability or not by using these OKRs. Have you ever heard, heard of that before? Not that specific acronym, but it sounds to me a lot like KPIs or key performance indicators, like a, a dashboard that we use to see is the business on track and do people know how to measure their success? Yeah, very similar to a KPI from what I was, uh, when I heard. So, uh, so. I'm actually interested to read that book. So so who can lead a shift to accountability? Really anyone. I mean, leadership is not a spot on an organizational chart, right? It's people lead an organization in different ways. This really needs to be something that maybe is more than than one person. So oftentimes when you're trying to make a cultural shift, you get people that want to buy in early. And oftentimes you're high performers who tend to bear a brunt of the load, right? We always give work to the people who seem to get things done. So they certainly would be interested in helping you model this, and they're probably already engaged in a lot of these behaviors and might just need some fine-tuning. So at one of our clients right now where this is a challenge and it's been one of the things that managers have stated, there's a concern, we, we need to have people that can deliver and can be accountable, we've really started with frontline supervisors and team leads and walking them through the steps of how to make a shift and how to start with themselves. And we meet every other week. We have specific goals and and things that they're supposed to do. When you're asking people to make behavioral change, it takes time. You know, you're looking at eight weeks at a minimum for someone to learn and adopt a new behavior and they need to practice. We're not going to get it right the first time. We need to be comfortable failing, but we need to be able to self-course correct. So if, if you recently gave out a project and you realize after reflecting on it, you didn't use the smarter goal outline, then you need to circle back to the person that you delegated to and say, look, in, in reflection, 
I want to make sure that I did the best job that I could of setting you up to be successful. And let's just revisit this. And can you reflect back to me what you're hearing me say and how you're interpreting this and what success looks like on the other end? And that's an approach that most employees are going to take comfort in. The person that's being delegated to is now empowered to say, well, this is what I'm hearing you say, to ask questions. Now it's interactive. It's not just from the top down. And it kind of puts everybody in a spot where they're participating. Yeah, so how do, how do you get companies to do that? Because usually people not only are afraid of asking questions, but afraid of challenging what their supervisors have laid out. So so how do you get people to do that? And how do you get a framework needed for accountability? Sure. Well, I mean, part of being a good leader in an organization is admitting your own vulnerabilities. And I think all of us can or at least should be able to recognize our strengths and our weaknesses in ourselves and then discuss that, right, with our peers. So we're actually asking our employees to say, look, I'm, I'm really trying to change my approach and my behavior to allow us to be more successful. I need your help in that if I'm not clear or I say something that's confusing or maybe conflicts with something that I've asked you to do before, that you raise it. And you say back to me, okay, I, I want to do the right thing. I, I want to help, but it's it's I'm not understanding what you're asking me to do. So we're really giving other people permission to question us and to hold us accountable and to redirect us when our words, thoughts, and actions are not aligned with the direction that we need to go. So, you know, I know you have a great admin person that works with you. You need to give that person permission and say, if I ask you to do something and it's not clear, then please come back to me and let me know because I want you to be successful. I know you're a good employee and you're a good person and you can do this and I need your help. Oftentimes just that word, I need your help, when you ask people to help you, it's easy for them to do so. They're giving you permission or I'm sorry, you're giving them permission to engage in that behavior. And I, I think that that makes a lot of a big shift in, in what's happening in the conversations at work. Yeah, no, and especially now kind of working remotely where you can't just pop by somebody's desk or, or office. But I mean, you mentioned that we just discussed that the other day is I do like to empower my employees to be able to make decisions on their own, know, knowing how we work and the culture here. And sometimes that they have so much going on and they want to get everything done, they have to be a little nudged to kind of go to myself or go to one of the other advisors and say, hey, I've got so many things we got, which needs to be done first. And knowing how to do that and what's measurable takes a little time and not to be afraid to ask those questions. Well, and I think the other thing we're all up against is, you know, every day is a new day, right? The rules of yesterday or the priorities of yesterday literally can change in the blink of an eye or overnight because we're all dealing with rapid fire regulation, rapid fire environmental change, even where we can travel to. 
and what we're allowed to do. Do I need to wear a face covering? Do I not need to wear a face covering? How am I supposed to be moving about? What are the safety guidelines? So you need people to be empowered to say, this isn't making sense to me anymore based on what I learned this morning or based on what the client asked me to do today. Can we just have a conversation and quick level set so that neither one of us is wasting time, effort, and energy in the wrong direction? Hmm, absolutely. So we talked about KPI and OKRs. So what, what are some of the tools that could be used to support employees in making the shift to accountability? Well, I think having an accountability partner, that's a very strong tool. So having people find a partner, whether it's a peer or a, a manager in another department where they can share their goals and objectives and give that person permission to hold them accountable as well. But there's, there's sort of like a four-step process. So the language that we use in accountability, right? We need to set clear expectations, and I think we spent a lot of time talking about that. But specificity, so dates and times and time zones. So in putting together the podcast, we're speaking with someone who's supporting us who's in a different time zone. So when we connect on our calendars, we need to be specific. What is the date, what is the time, and what time zone are we in? More of us are working with people outside of our own time zone. Specificity is also including a deadline, right? But with deadlines, that's when work is absolutely due. Helping people to understand timelines and planning time in their schedule to get work done and working backwards from that deadline and making time in the day is a powerful tool. Having a single person that takes ownership so a project can be assigned to a team, but that team needs to have a lead and that lead needs to own that task. That task owner is going to be delegating and following up and removing obstacles, but you can't really hold a several person team accountable. One person ultimately has to be accountable. And then again, having that accountability partner. So the goals that we create for ourselves or our organization if we don't share them, if we don't talk about them, if they're not discussed, there's no one to hold us accountable. I think those are the four tools that you can give people to help them achieve accountability. Hmm. So how, how do you know when a firm, a company is gone from not having an accountability culture to, to actually achieving that? People are going to be spending time, effort, and energy on the right things. There's going to be a much clearer sense of purpose or direction. I think reduced stress and anxiety. You're going to be meeting expectations of your stakeholders, so your clients and your customers. There's not going to be so many missed deadlines, right? There shouldn't be because if someone can't meet a deadline or a deliverable, they should raise that flag in advance. So those are some of the signs. I think people are going to be happier at work. They're going to be more engaged. They know what to do. They know how to spend their time. The definition of success is clear, and that's extremely empowering. Absolutely. And you know, taking the time to do this, not only having them empowering and making sure that they're clear and happier, but it also is an environment to have employees not only want to stay, but grow at the firm and, and help the growth of the firm 
from every employee from your first hiree down to your last hiree. So I think that's so critical for whether it's you're a new business or whether you're a 30-year business is to have that accountability. So everyone out there listening, I think you can learn a lot by going through a process to get to that accountability. Christine, this has been been great. Before we kind of wrap up here, I just want to kind of mention a little bit about Compass Workflow so- Solutions and basically the, the HR consulting services to, I guess you would say, mostly small businesses. But talk about accountability is I know when I refer a client out to Christine for HR that everything's going to get done. And I always worry my clients that something's going to fall through the crack when it has something to do with HR. And now with everything going on out there and all the different environmental or social out there, there's so much that needs to be done and Compass does a great job. So uh, thanks, Christine, for that. Well, thank you, Larry. You've you've been a, a tremendous partner to us and we're very appreciative. So before we wrap up, is there anything you, else you kind of want to mention about either accountability or anything else? It's never too late to change, no matter where you are. If you need a reason, I don't think we're going to get a bigger reason than a global pandemic to kind of reevaluate, reassess, and decide where should you be spending your time? How are you going to move forward? I think we're all realizing right now that time is a precious gift. Our lives are a precious gift. And spending our time in a way that allows us to have less stress, less anxiety, and be more purposeful and more fulfilled, it's a huge opportunity that awaits all of us. I I couldn't say it any better, Christine. So uh, thank you for joining us today. If you'd like to contact Christine, You can find her at www.compasswfs.com or call our office at 631-794-7400. 631-794-7400. So thanks again, Christine. Thank you. This has been a lot of fun. Christine and Larry, this was a great podcast. Christine, I, I just had one comment or question for you, I suppose, maybe two. In this time, because so many businesses, big and small, have been working remotely, do you think it's a really good opportunity for the business owners to kind of see who separates out from the wheat from the chaff kind of thing where you have people that adapted and stepped up to do better even in the in the current environment and then they're kind of keeping an eye out for the ones that just could not change with what's going on? Is, is, is that what you're seeing right now? Yeah, I mean, it, it becomes very clear who's who's struggling, who's flailing, and who's rising to the challenge. And mm-hmm. I think resiliency is something, the longer this goes, the more resilient you need to be. So it's uh, it's something that comes up a lot, you know, and, and you have to be a little bit careful because some people are just hit harder by the pandemic than others. So. Mm-hmm. You know, if you have someone who in your family who was diagnosed or, God forbid, passed away or spouse or significant other is laid off, that just it really adds to the stress of the whole situation. So one of the tenets that I've always lived by in my career is not everyone is capable of execution at the same level. But if, if you have people that are executing at their full capacity 
then those are the people that you keep. Mm. And it's it's the effort and the dedication and the energy and is their heart in the right place because I can teach you any skill and any ability, but I can't teach you sense of urgency. I can't teach you to do the right thing. I can't teach you to apply common sense. So you look for people that demonstrate strong competencies in their behavior and then you you give them opportunities to upskill or increase their skills or promote them or you know enroll them in different programs. So one of the things that ARG is doing right now kind of as our give back to the community is we're offering a free certificate program for students enrolled in a bachelor's or a master's where they get exposed to different types of business professionals and how do business professionals network and work mm. and how do they prepare themselves to speak and communicate and enter the workforce. And we just started this Monday. I think we have a group of eight kids and HR started, we did an overview of what is a career in HR and what does that look like and what kind of skills and abilities do you need to have? What are the professional organizations? And then we also provided them with the mandatory sexual harassment training so that when they go to get an internship or their next job, they can demonstrate to their employer that they took a very serious approach to getting work ready. And I know that other members of the group are going to spend time with them on what is their profession, what are the skills that you need to have, what are the opportunities, how do you connect with other professionals, how do you really network from a human standpoint, even though we're all forced to be remote on technology, but you still have to make that human connection. Mm -hmm. And so that's been really rewarding for me in that way kind of giving back because there's I think still 40 million people without jobs and all the new graduates really struggling to get jobs so that's I think that's a nice thing that we're doing for the community yeah absolutely well again thank you so much for being on the show and Larry thank you so much for bringing her on the show this is a fantastic connection for our entire listening audience and I, I hope they gained a, a, just a ton of great information well, thank you both. Yeah, this is great. In the, in the world of human resources, this is about as much fun as we get to have that's legal. <laughs> <laughs> well, I, I will tell you that's fantastic. Uh, I'm glad we could be a part of it. And I, I want to close this out by saying, and the last thank you, of course, goes to you, the listening audience. Thank you for tuning in and listening to the Retire Right Podcast with Larry Heller. If you have not subscribed to the podcast yet, please click the subscribe now button below. This way, when Larry comes out with a new podcast, it'll show up directly on your listening device. This makes it much easier to share these podcasts with your friends and family. Again, thank you so much for listening today. For everyone at Heller Wealth Management, this is Eric Johnson reminding you to live your best day every day. And we'll see you next time.